Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for Youth Sunday, April 23rd, 2017. Today's podcast features two short sermons by members of the Park Road Youth Group. Our speakers today are Ben Heaton with a sermon entitled, What's Ours is God's, or It Should Be, and Bennett Dean with a sermon entitled, Jesus Wept, or At Least He Would Now. Living in this world is a blessing. Getting to go to school, play sports, spend time with friends, and just all around enjoy the life that I get to live. Memories are such a great thing, and they are obviously all something that we value dearly. I'm about 99.9% sure that all of our memories have happened on this earth. One memory that I have in particular is sitting in the youth building with all my friends in the youth group watching a movie the night before our ski retreat. We were watching the movie Interstellar, which if you haven't seen it, is actually a pretty good movie. In this movie, which was based in the future, the earth is slowly becoming inhabitable. Another dust bowl had begun, and the earth was dwindling away. So a NASA physicist comes up with an idea to transport the entire population of the earth to a different planet in some wormhole. But anyways, the part that stuck out to me the most was that the earth was gone. This big, great gift from God had just all of a sudden disappeared. This happened because of the reasons that are all too familiar to us at this moment in time. The lack of resources, the lack of responsibility, pollution, and the little things that keep our earth intact. All these memories that we experienced, all these places we visited, all these places we want to visit, all those memories we have, they're just gone. So... What happens when the people that are the future of the earth and that things that we want and have can't be happened because of the pollution and many things that happen in this earth today? What is the earth going to look like when I'm 50, when my kids are 50? What about my grandkids? That's just really something that I don't like to think about a lot. So when I read the scripture this week, I was instantly brought back to all those places that I've seen that just feel like the earth. For those instances like watching the sunset over Yellowstone Lake in Yellowstone National Park, the scenic overpasses and the mountain views of Blue Ridge Parkway, the nice hike up Crowder's Mountain, and many, many more. Even those pictures and places all over the world that pop up on my laptop when I open it. It's just the earth to me. So when I think of all these things that God has made of and it all happens back in the creation story, which we all know too well. Just being able to hear the certain things in life, like the crash of a wave, to birds chirping, the clap of thunder, it all tracks back to this amazing and wondrous idea that everything is for us. In God's hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of every human being. Everything you can think of, see, hear, imagine, it came from God. I can't possibly think of anything better to have in life than the life that God gave to each of us on this earth. From the highest point to the lowest point, the big elephants to that cute new little puppy down the street, literally everything. So I ask myself, why would anyone mess this up? We're down here living it up, being blessed with such an opportunity to be on the earth that was created in such holiness, love, and care. But then I can Google a few words I can see how bad the future of the earth looks, 
how many years it has left, what happens to me in 50 years. It's unfathomable to me, these facts that I can find. How can something be this good and this bad at the same time? What am I doing as a Christian and an inhabitant on this earth to change all the bad things going into our environment? How can we truly appreciate what we have on earth if we never experience life without it? There are so many essential questions that go into understanding the right way to live the earth. There are so, so many statistics that can state how poorly we are doing in maintaining this earth, which in my opinion is the biggest connection we have to our God, who is in our midst through Jesus, who lived on the earth and breathed the same air that we breathe and continue to be in our midst, as the Bible said. These are some facts that I really just can't believe, like the fact that 84% of our household waste can be recycled. Another one that hits close to home for us is that the United States is responsible for 30% of the world's waste. The population of the United States makes up 5% of the world's population. The scripture says, but ask the animals and they will teach you, the birds of the air and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth or the fish of the sea. So I read each of those questions, or I mean each of those scriptures, the question arose from each. How can we, the human population, ask a majestic elephant if we hunt for their tusks for around $1,500? How do we communicate and show compassion for God's creation? Can we show love and take responsibility as God would want us to? God made all creation as very good. All of creation, everyone and everything on this earth, made by our God. We must ask ourselves if we are respecting this creation. We seem to honor God's wishes by cutting down rainforests and trees. 63,000 square miles of rainforest are cut down each year. Furthermore, 80% of the Earth's rainforest have already been cut down. This is God's Earth, and God has to expect us to be good stewards. There's a point where I will not be the future but the present, and what am I to do when I, with a hurting Earth and depleted resources? What beautiful scenic views and all the beautiful places from all over the world become dry and desolate. What am I supposed to tell my kids, or my grandkids, or my great-grandkids? When I get older, I will tell them stories of all the beautiful places I saw as a kid, and, with that, and they will not be able to experience that? I don't want that. There are places that I believe should be protected so that my children can be able to stand in awe and look at them. Places like Yellowstone National Park, Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon. Take a moment to imagine the most magnificent, beautiful, or peaceful place you have spent time in. What will you do to ensure future generations get the same privilege of the same experience? What can we all do to provide a better future for everyone we leave behind? Scientists estimate that by the year 2100, the Earth will only be able to sustain 2 billion people. Currently, the Earth inhabits 7.3 billion people and counting. What exactly happens to the 5.3 billion others? Okay, okay. I guess it's time for me to get off my high horse as well. I'm sure I do my fair share to hurting the environment. Between not recycling that 84% of recyclable material, or leaving the water running, or taking my notes on school for paper instead of on a computer. I'm sure I've made a huge dent in those national treasures I've talked about so much. But reading the Bible and reading the scripture, and understanding the scripture provided a lot of clarity. I must begin to think about how I can change my lifestyle, take greater responsibility, to help preserve the earth that God created for us. 
I'm not really talking about the whole, I'll just cut my shower time by a few minutes and recycle more kind of thing. The, humans, the more humans age and become more and more revolutionary and technological, the earth needs to as well. The biggest part of the Earth Day every year is the awareness part of it. Realizing how wide scale and how much of a wide variety is on the Earth that we inhabit, we have to realize how important every bit is. All parts of the world and all people of the world have things they do not want to lose. And I bet that God is willing to agree with that as he created it. Finding that thing that you value and where can do your fair share protecting the environment is the best way, in my opinion, to not only find God, find his love, his thankfulness, and probably your happiness as seeing any breathtaking view automatically makes one life better. That's a fact. We have just as much water today in the world as we ever did, but only 3% of that is in drinkable condition. Two-thirds of the 3% is currently locked up in polar ice caps. Meanwhile, the remaining one-third is accessible for organic consumption. Sadly, the remaining 1% of drinkable water in the world, only half of that is considered drinkable by international standards. In the United States alone, an estimated one-third of all its waters are considered unsafe for drinking, bathing, or even fishing. All these resources, all the animals, everything that was gifted to us. The big question is how do we as Christians respect and honor the earth that God had created? Are we more responsible for the earth than others? I feel like it all goes back to whatever we have was gifted to us by God. So if this is true, how do we make everything on earth to be created in God's image? The whole idea of doing things now, save the earth, save the future, is enough to make me comfortable. Comfortable meaning that I feel like the earth will not go away anytime soon, like God is fully aware that we so dearly care for what he left us. All that needs to happen is for each of us to take a little time, be aware of the surroundings, and do what you can to help. Turn off the water when you don't need it on, look for that tiny little recyclable symbol when you throw something away, or just let people hear some of those facts that I mentioned. Maybe they will move you or someone else as much as they were moving to me. I feel like all we needed was a wake-up call, and that message can be received from nearly anywhere. Just trust and remember that the earth is a gift, and it needs the same thing we do hear from everyone around them. Coming from a family full of ministers, you would think I would know a thing or two about preaching. Well, I don't. Preaching must be one of the hardest things I can think of. It involves hours of study and critical thinking, a strong understanding of the Bible, actually writing five to six pages of material that you think will push people in their spirituality but not offend them, at least not too much. And then, of course, public speaking. Those are the things that real preachers do. I would normally dread something like this. You might have noticed mom and dad reference me and my brother sometimes in sermons in the past, and they don't always use our names. But let me confess that I'm usually the one that dreads things. I'm also the one that said I could never be a preacher because it would mean writing multiple pages every week. This is where I give a big shout out to Ben for letting me only have to write half of a sermon this week. The other reason I'm not dreading preaching this morning is because of what the topic is, the earth. 
If you've not already heard some of my exciting news, I'm excited to announce I'll be attending Furman University next year. Go Paladins. There, I plan to study and major in sustainability science. What a wonderful coincidence that this Sunday happens to be so close to Earth Day. I think that my growing passion for the Earth started with my grandmother, who we call Marmy. The relationship between grandmother and grandson is different than any other. The age difference is one element that makes it so great because the wisdom of the grandmother teaches the grandson and the youth of the grandson can teach the grandmother. As a kid, I was often spoiled by my grandmother. She would let me have the cookies and fruity pebbles that no one else would. There's something good about food that brings people together, right? I believe that that is where a deep bond between me and my grandmother began. In some ways, my grandmother is like every other person from her generation, which I love. In other ways, she is very different from every person in her generation, which I love even more. We have recycled in my house for my whole life, and it's completely normal for the community in which I was raised. However, my grandmother does the same thing in a community which makes it her very different. People often joke that she's the only person in South Carolina who recycles. <laughs> While that is obviously not true, she has done more saving and reusing than anyone I've ever met. Growing up during a time affected by the Great Depression it became second nature to her. Though I was always intrigued by envi environmental science during school, I think that it was my grandmother's habits that had the most influence on me to study environmental science in college. In a way, I think my passion for the earth has been a physical symbol of my faith. What could be a better symbol? A flower needs constant tending, just as following Jesus does. The toughest thing, I think, about this area of study it's less about awareness and what to do, and more about how to promote real and consistent action. Of course, everyone knows to recycle. Of course, everyone knows to take shorter showers. Of course, everyone knows to keep the water off while you're brushing your teeth. Of course, everyone knows we should not be driving these huge pollution-producing cars. Of course, everyone knows to turn your car off at long red lights. Of course, everyone knows to stop buying plastic bottles, plates, and cups altogether. Of course, everyone knows the way we are treating Earth is directly affecting our not-so-distant predecessors. So when are we going to start with the whole action part? It's an odd time for me right now. I'm 18 years old, in between high school and college, living with my family, but about to be all on my own. It's like this is the only time I'm both a kid and an adult. Sometimes I have the stress over big decisions, just like an adult does. And sometimes I have two simple thoughts and ideas like a kid. A young, innocent thought like, why can't we all just do our part? And why doesn't everyone be nice to each other and the earth? So childish, right? Not to be arrogant, mom and dad, but I think Ben and I might really be the best people right now 
to preach these good words. Sometimes the simple, innocent ideas are really what is right. This in-between stage has allowed me to see how my innocence is actually truth and how my maturity is actually sometimes clouding my eyes and how life is simple if you make it that way. I loved reading through all the scriptures in the bulletin while preparing this sermon. All are so powerful and comply directly to my personal beliefs. There's no amount of Bible quoting I can do to make you take action. I do love the Bible, but sometimes we just need to be reminded by a kid of what to do. The only thing I can do is to suggest that all of you take a step back. Dip your feet in the creek, smell the flowers, and understand that preserving the earth is very simple. It just takes a little bit of action. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.